As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hello and welcome back to another episode of To Be Honest. This is a show where we don't hold back or bite our tongues. This week, we're going to talk about Daniel Jones becoming the starter, Jalen Ramsey asking to be traded, and two of the best quarterbacks going down. Bad news. Without further ado, let me welcome my co-host, fantasy extraordinaire, Jake (laughs) Seeley. How's it going, D'Angelo? You, you ready to rock this week? I like. I feel like uh, this is going to be a good argument-filled show. <laughs> oh, I, I feel it too, man. I'm I'm super excited because, granted, we had some great quarterbacks go down, but we also had a lesser-known great quarterback go down, but not with an injury, just with poor playing ability. <laughs> just the benching. I, I'm so glad we get to talk about this because – you know how I feel about this. T- I'm so conflicted, D'Angelo. Like, I don't know what the... All right, here's the news. In case anybody hasn't been paying attention, living under a rock for all of Tuesday, the truth out there is Eli Manning's career might be done. At least it looks like it's done with the Giants. He finishes Dude, off with a his 500- career was over two years ago. <laughs> Thank you. The hell you that. mean? <laughs> Trust me, I know. You know how I feel about D'Angelo. Look, what did I tell you? What did I tell you about the two quarterbacks or the two, two Super Bowl winning quarterbacks? I told you he's the worst quarterback of all time with two Super Bowl rings. I, and I can't believe he's a Giants fan, ladies and gentlemen. He is a Giants <laughs> fan. He is a realistic, non-fantasy driven Giants fan. See, and that's the thing. That's where I'm saying I'm conflicted. So the Giants are turning to Daniel Jones. He is now they're doing it on the road. Well, actually, that's a question I want to get to you about that. But in any case, for the news, he's starting on the road in Tampa Bay. The Giants have turned the page. So the first question I have for you is. <laughs> As a play, no, this is, this is, this is, as a player, D'Angelo, because you know how I feel. Look, I'll just put it out there. You know how I feel about this. Is I'm conflicted because yeah. on the one side, I want it to fail because I want Dave Gettleman to fail, but I want to root for the player because I don't want Daniel Jones, the player, to fail. So I'm very conflicted because I want Gettleman gone, and Gettleman's <laughs> not going to be gone if Daniel Jones ends up being great. That that's my conflicted well, it, part. Even <laughs> even if he's great behind that <laughs> offensive line, he's not going to get far. That's what the problem and the issue is. It has nothing to do necessarily with Eli. Granted, his best days and best years are behind him. But sticking a rookie quarterback in behind that offensive line, okay, these are the issues you run into having a rookie quarterback. One, 
he's not going to know all the checks and know what it is that he's supposed to do. And two, when you're a rookie quarterback, you don't know where to go, when to go, and how to go at certain situations. The thing you do is you tuck the ball and you run. Well, we all know that he's not going to get far because the guys up front are not blocking the way that they should be blocking. They are great when it comes to run blocking, but pass blocking, whoo, boy, they got some work to do. That's perfect because that's where I wanted to go because you've been on – look, hey, the Panthers went through how many quarterbacks while you were there? It was yeah. freaking carousel. So that's the question because here I'll give you – D'Angelo, you always ask me, like, what are the fans thinking? What are the – you know, what is the players and the fans What, what are you guys thinking? Well, no, so the Giants fan, you know what I'm thinking. But this is what we're this is the question we're wondering as fantasy and fans, players and stuff like that is here's the cliche that's out there, D'Angelo. The cliche is inexperienced rookies slash quarterbacks always check down to the safe options, the tight end, the slot receivers. Is that true or does it really depend on who the quarterback is? Because like I said, you've been through both type of quarterbacks that, you know, you've had the 44-year-old come in and step in. You've had the rookie come in and step in. You've had guys switch in during the middle of the season. What's the truth? Or do, do they like the guys that they practice with on, you know, the second team <laughs> unit all the time? Well, I hope it's not if they like the guys because if that's the case, Cam Newton never no, I make comfortable with because they're practicing <laughs> with them. Yeah. So when I have Vinny Testaverde, Vinny Testaverde would throw the ball to me a lot. That's the 44-year-old that you're talking about. Vinny Testaverde, I caught his last pass of his career. Uh, so he would check down to the running backs after he went through his first, second, third, fourth read. Uh, and, again, this is a new quarterback, veteran quarterback, in a new system. So this is completely different. However, when I played with Cam Newton, when he first got into the league, it was like – you would have to almost break his arms or legs to get him to throw to the running back because he never understood check down equals touchdown. Like he would talk about other quarterbacks in a two-minute drill. He was like, all he's doing is checking it down. And me and Stu would look at him like, exactly, just check it down. If it's a two-minute drill, you know everybody's dropping back and waiting on that big pass. So he never was a fan early on in his career where he would check it down to the running back. He would always try to make those plays either with his eyes, his arms, but mostly with his legs as a rookie because he didn't quite understand the checks and stuff like that. When I got in the system with Jake, Jake knew all the checks. He knew everything. He'd go through his first, second, third, fourth three. Sometime he'd go back through, and then he'll come down to the running back. But very rarely – did we get the ball much until I went to Pittsburgh? When I went to Pittsburgh, Ben made it a point to get it down to the running back because Le'Veon was so dynamic in that offense. So I think it's the offensive system in terms of what routes are being ran by the receivers, and then it piggybacked down to the to the running back. Like in this day and age now, when I first started playing, running backs were running backs, and then you had, you know, you had the 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 guys that would come out that would like the Chris the Chris Johnson, uh, everybody wanted to be Marshall Falk because Marshall Falk was, uh, you know, LT. They were dynamic coming out of the backfield, catching the ball and being a receiver. Uh, the, uh, the the Falks of the world that, that was with New England. So there was very few and far between on those, those triple threat running backs. But now it's like it's almost if you can't catch the ball out of the backfield, you can't play in the National Football League. So the right. league has transitioned from where I started to play to where we are right now. And if you can't do that, then you cannot play because they need that fifth receiver out there in that passing uh, lane. And I think who made it the most popular is Tom Brady with the way that he uses the running back side of the backfield with the matchup with the linebackers. So, yes, I do agree 
that you need a running back that can catch the ball. If that's what Daniel Jones wants to do, then Saquon Barkley numbers are going to be outrageous as it relates to the passing game. Uh, but as far as running the ball, if I'm a if I'm if I'm Tampa Bay, I'm coming out and I'm loading the box. I'm gonna force this rookie quarterback to beat me because I don't think he can. Well, I mean, they've proven that they can't beat anybody because they're they're defeated right now. But all you got to do is come out and play your game. So is this a downgrade for Saquon Barkley? Are we concerned that his numbers are going to go down with Daniel Jones at quarterback? One hundred percent. 100% you are limited in what you can do with a rookie quarterback. I don't give a dang how long he's been there in your offensive system because if you want to confuse a rookie quarterback, listen to me out there, all you defensive coordinators. If you want to confuse a rookie quarterback, line up in one uh, defense, and then as he's going through his cadence, getting ready to say, hut, shift. And once you shift, you're going to screw him up because now he doesn't know where he's going to go with the football. And that's where you get those rookie quarterbacks standing up there tall, patting the football, trying to figure out where they want to go because you just changed the defense at the last second. Okay, so what about is, – is there any upside for the fact that at least Daniel Jones is more athletic at this point, more mobile, has a better arm? I mean, the, could it The only upside be to this is, is that you get an opportunity – to entertain the thoughts of saving money by cutting Eli Manning. That's all you're getting. Because Send until you fix Jets. that offensive line, <laughs> you guys are going to have hell there. <laughs> Send them to the Jets. You could just move on for that. So <laughs> if you're on the team, last question about this, and this is, again, from the player's perspective, D'Angelo Williams, you're on the team. You see these quarterback changes. Like you said, you've been through them. What are you doing yeah. as the player? Are you out there and saying, you know what? I still would like to see Eli Manning. Like, my loyalties are to Eli Manning, who I've been playing with for years. Or are you sitting there as the player saying, you know what, uh, to be honest, I think this does give us a better chance to win. I'm going to do my best to help Daniel Jones. Is it just, Man, is, it, is it different for everybody? It's, I, I think it's different for everybody. But for me, I every now and then you need that breath of fresh air. Like, okay, we obviously were 0-2 with Eli Manning. Uh, can we get somebody else in here? Like, maybe... Just maybe this Daniel Jones kid uh, during the preseason has sparked interest in his teammates. Maybe they do believe in him. You know, all that bull crap that people tell you like, hey, you know, I, I got the utmost respect in our second string quarterback. I think he can get the job done. That's bullshit. <laughs> Nobody believes that. OK, they're just saying that because they got to be positive and they know that that's what the fans want to hear. Nobody believes that. The second-string quarterbacks don't get any reps in practice doing game week. They're over there running scout team, and they're running the other team's offense. So that right there is not the truth. So I'm telling you right now, uh, with Daniel Jones being the starter this week, because if that's the case, if they were so confident, if a quarterback had a bad day on Monday and had a bad day on Wednesday, then on Thursday or Friday they'll make the change at quarterback. And then, no, they give you a full week because you got to have the – full week of progression in terms of seeing what it is the other defense is going to throw at you, and that's exactly what they're going to throw at him, changing the defense at the last second because they know for a fact that a young quarterback like Daniel Jones can't read that. It's not college, young kid. You got to get rid of the ball. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So I, I didn't think you were going to get that fired up about Daniel Jones. I thought that was going to be more my bag, but let's, let's see if we can keep no, this No, I, I just, I, there's, there's nothing about the Giants that I like, especially with Dave Gettleman. See, taking now you know hand. how I feel. Yeah. I, like I, but I've always felt like that though. You haven't, you know, there was a time where, you know, you really looked up to the Giants. Like you celebrated two Super Bowls with him, whether you liked Eli or not at the time. 
you celebrated with them. You uh, popped champagne. You probably <laughs> went to the parades, had your Giants clothes on. Probably oh, no, a little to puppy that you have in a Giants jersey. I hate parades. I will never go to a parade. Yeah, I do have Barclays, Saquon Barkley. But that, <laughs> hey, you know, you know what? I got to tell you, this is going to be a this is topic down the road, D'Angelo. I am fully on board with Barkley. You know what? Saquon, I'm talking about you, not my by my puppy. Next year, pull a Le'Veon Bell or Ezekiel. You, you, you can't be around wasting your career on this team. But we're saving that for another day. I have a feeling you're going to agree with me on that one for a change. <laughs> but that's a good transition because... We do have a player doing that now. We had the Antonio Brown saga. We've had these players all of a sudden starting to act like the NBA where they're trying to force trades and get more of control of their career. Jalen Ramsey is the latest. Jalen Ramsey blew up on the sidelines. The reports are because Doug Marone actually got on him about dropping the interception, and that's what really ticked them off. In any case, if everybody wants to go back, there's a highlight of it. You can see Doug Marone comes over. Players get up in the way, tell Doug Marone to chill out. One actually pulls him away. Some players are backing up Jalen Ramsey. So first question, before we even get to if you support his demanding a trade. 100%. You, 100%. Well, no, no, I said before we get to that. All right, well, okay. like, like you just ruined it. I was going to say that. We'll do that part first because I have a follow-up question then. So you're 100% behind it because – Here's my question for you. If everybody's out there doing this and everybody is now going to say, trade me off this team, I don't want to be here. What about being a teammate? What about the other 52 guys who you're telling, basically saying, I don't want to be part of your team anymore? Well, you're not telling the other 52 guys that you don't want to be a part of the team anymore. You're telling the damn organization, I don't want to be a part of your team anymore. Because what you have to understand, you didn't put that team together. You can't help who you work with. So therefore, because you can't help who you work with and you don't make those type of decisions, the one decision that you can make is your future. I love the fact that the kid from Miami, he wanted to trade. He got it. He ended up with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Like, I love the fact that uh, players are taking their own destiny and controlling their own fate and moving on to other teams. You know who started this, right? I told you that it was going to be an epidemic. Everybody gave the starter, the one who started this, hell, told him he was – he was acting like a child. He was doing this. He was doing that. And now he has created a wave that the NFL cannot stop. But I'm sure they'll put rules in place next year to try to stop this. I am excited about Jalen. And Jalen made the right decision, too. You Obviously, you know he's going through a contract dispute with them. So that's not helping. So for him to get in his face, Doug, to get in his face and say, hey, you know, you dropped that pick. We're all human. We all make mistakes. Did you get in that damn quarterback face when he threw a pick? Probably. Or you I mean, just, we've, seen, you, you, we've seen it before. Well, because let's let's tie this in. We've seen this before. We've seen Tom Brady going off on his offensive coordinator when he's yelling the side. He's actually seen Tom Brady go after his own yeah, but, teammates. But, but, and this that's is that's the difference, Tom- though. They win. It's okay if you do it and you're winning, but it's not okay if you do it and you lose. And you lose. Is that, is that really the difference? Is it really oh, fair to be you, one without have, the other? You, you have no idea, man. You can go through uh, the game like as terrible as that – that Chicago and Green Bay game was. Like, Green Bay is sitting at 2-0, probably the ugliest 2-0 team out there. And you you look at them and you just like, dude, that, that was terrible. Had they been 0-2, you'd have been saying fire the offensive coordinator, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers has lost it. But because they're sitting at 2-0, his numbers are still his numbers. But if that would be 0-2, this would be a different conversation. It'll be the conversation that they're having right now in Miami, the same conversation that they're having right now with the Jets, the same conversation that all the 0-2 teams, like even the Pittsburgh Steelers, 
Everybody that's 0-2 right now having those, hey, is it time for the coach to go? Is it time for this person to go? Is it time for that person to go? The Buffalo Bills are sitting at what? 2-0. Nobody's talking about them. Nobody's talking about how terrible they are. Nobody's talking about them trading the the running back. But winning cures everything. It doesn't matter what type of illness you have, what kind of ailments you have, how many injuries you have. When you win, they look over that. They overlook the issues that you have when you win. But when you losing, you can't even have a hangnail. You but can't. A, but say as that a teammate, like you're not sitting there. It was like AJ Boye or Miles Jack. You're not. You don't go to Jalen Ramsey and be like, "Dude, man, we're still a team. We still have talent. Like, what do you? Aren't we like brothers in this? Hell no, we brothers in this. But we are brothers in arms when it relates to getting paid and being a winner. We all play the game for different reasons. If I'm Miles Jack, you know, maybe maybe I'm playing the game for the money. Uh, if I'm Jalen Ramsey, maybe I'm playing it for the money, but yet I want to win too. Jalen Ramsey want to go somewhere where he can get paid. That's where he wants to go. He's seen what, uh, you know, some of the guys have done before him that put up the same fuss, wanted to get traded, and then they ultimately got traded and then got paid shortly thereafter. So if that's the trend and that's what it is that I got to do to get paid, then I'm letting all my boys know in the locker room, like, hey, yo, I'm because I'm sure they in group chat somewhere telling their buddies, like, hey, dude, I'm out of here. I, I got to go, man. I got to get paid. They not trying to pay me. I'm out here balling. Like, I got to go. And well, people are like, man, I feel you. I understand. Is it is there a difference for you if let's say we we don't know but let's say what if Jalen Ramsey we're talking about a, a team that has the money uh, like the team could pay him what if the team was willing to uh, but this was he just wanted off this team because he sees it just going downhill again and you would you are you okay with whatever reason it is if like Jalen Ramsey's out there saying I want off this team because I want the hell off this losing team yes well here's the thing when you look at the structure of the NFL and a team as it relates to your teammates, as it relates to the players. The front office is so disconnected to the players in that locker room because they all have a job. You know, the the ticket office is selling tickets. Some people that are PR, HR, all those guys have different roles and responsibilities. Some of them probably don't even watch their team play or not couldn't even name you all the players on their team, but they work <laughs> for that organization. Dave, get them, then when you get into the locker room, the locker room and the coaches – Coaches, they're there to win. If they're not winning, then their butt's on the line. So they're going to choose their family over you as it relates to us being family. I I honestly believe that we all are family when we're on the team is a big-ass cliche, bro. They just say that just to say it. (laughs) But because we're going through the same thing, if that was the case, when guys go on IR, they wouldn't be zombies or ghosts walking through the locker room because you're not experiencing the same thing. That's what people do not understand about the National Football League. You're all family as it relates to everybody doing the same thing at the same time. But in the event that you guys are not doing the same thing at the same time, you are no longer family. You are friends at that point. And I think Kobe Bryant said best, friends and family go, but banners hang for a lifetime. All right, then that's actually a decent transition to our next one because you talk about we're friends and family as a team. So Tim Tebow is out there disagreeing. There's the California man, damn Senate Tim bill. Tebow. I don't even want to talk that's, about him. He's so disrespectful, <laughs> man. He is really disrespectful to all the players that are fighting in the amateur league that are trying to get paid. I cannot believe he. Well, said this isn't on even the amateur. Hold on, platform. hold on. 
Hold on. People might not know. So anyway, the point being, California passed a bill in the Senate allowing student athletes, so college players, to have endorsements. So the endorsements for college players. Now, Tim Tebow comes out against it, and he says, I know we live in a selfish culture where it's all about us, but we're just adding and piling to that where it changes what's special about college football, kind of the family thing. We turn it to the NFL where who has the most money, and that's where you go. If I could support my team, support my college, support my university, that's what it's all about. But now we're changing it from us, from being an alumni where I care, which makes college sports special, to what's okay is not about us. It's not about we. It's just about me. So your opinion of what Tim Tebow has to say and this California bill being good or bad with student athletes being allowed to get endorsements? Well, everybody didn't have the opportunity to be the Heisman Trophy winning quarterback that uh, Tim Tebow was. Uh, right. So that's, doesn't sure. that kind of make his case stronger because he was in that position and he's still coming up against it? No, it doesn't make his case any stronger, and this is why. You you didn't let me finish, Jake. Let, let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> he was the Heisman Trophy uh, candidate and winner when he was at Florida. He experienced some things that a lot of other players don't get a chance to experience, and hardship was not one of those. The hardship that players experience in college, like myself, for instance, as big as a lot of people think I was at the University of Memphis, it was times where – um, you know, I didn't have enough vouchers on my meal card to eat that day because I had burned them all up because I'm hungry. And there was times where I had to go without that Pell Grant ran out. Whereas if I had an endorsement or there was some, they're using my name and likeness. Why can't I use my name and likeness? Like, why is my coach making $5 million a year and I'm struggling? <laughs> well, you, if, if you're going to say that you don't want players to get paid, then Knock these – won't you put a ceiling on these coaches' contracts? I mean, every time Nick Saban steps out on the field every year, he's making $10-plus million dollars a year, and everybody want to know why the hell he's smiling. I'd be smiling too. I don't have to put my body on the line. Wait, I don't wait, have to do you're, you're leaving something like, out, D'Angelo. Let, let's talk that? about the fact that he's making that kind of money and people are out there helping him get houses, like contributing <laughs> to him getting a house. That's, like he's not out of his own pocket, a hundred percent. Like I, I, I'm not going to be against with you with this one. I, I've always been because you know me. I, like I fight for the yeah. players and I fight for the contracts. And when it comes to college, I've always wanted the same thing. I remember when I was in college playing the college football game and being like, "Why don't we have names on jerseys in the college football games?" Oh, because Damn. they're not allowed to have their names on there because they're allowed not allowed to have their likeness used because they're not allowed to make money off of it. Exactly. Like, how are they allowed to even make these video games and portray us as these college teams? Because you know what? The college teams are making the money off of, and the royalties off of these video games because they're using the university's names. We're on the same page on this one. I'm with you. Is I'm with you in the fact that you can get endorsements. I under, part of me understands where Tebow is trying to come from is that, you know, part of going to college and part of being a university and part of being a team, but you just said it about the NFL is the whole where a team and a family isn't true. I don't understand anything Tebow was trying to say. Like when he started opening his mouth, I just changed. I was like, are you serious? <laughs> He's really saying that he doesn't think it's mighty funny though, that the people that are not in college that experiencing the things uh, are not the ones that, are able to speak up about it. It's the ones that's already been through college that don't have to go through the turmoil that they went through. And we always got a, we always got an opinion on it uh, as it relates to players getting paid versus not getting paid. 
And majority of us that experience those hardships are going to say, yes, that little bit of money that we could have got would have helped us big time. That's why the NCAA is pushing back and they want to push back because they don't want to share their revenue. They Revenue sharing in, in NCAA will piss them off because they don't have to. Oh, then we can't have the SEC dominating recruits every single year. So let me ask you this final question. And this isn't coming from me, D'Angelo, because I know this is the one that you get all the time. And I say you as in any college athlete or any player that wants to get endorsements for college players. This is what you're going to get pushback from the fans. This is I'm, I'm just quoting again. This isn't coming from don't yell at me because I know you're going to yell is you're already technically getting money because you're there in a scholarship, D'Angelo. I, I had to. I had to take that I had to take that that momentary pause because uh, <laughs> I, I almost said something that they that we'd have to bleep <laughs> out later. Censor? <laughs> yeah, we'd have to censor that. So you think this ninety thousand dollar or hundred and two thousand uh, dollar scholarship um is worth the millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars that I'm making this university. How about we do this? Let me make those millions and millions of dollars that I'm making for you. And then I'll pay for my own damn scholarship. So give me that option. Give me that I'm option. Laughing because, it, that, no, that's I'm laughing we'll because I know what you're saying. Yeah. That, let's do that. Like, uh, let's do that. From now on, you can, I, I'm taking my name and likeness. I'm going to pay for my own schooling. I'm going to take my name and likeness. You can no longer use it in these video games you're no longer able to use it. Trevor Lawrence, for instance, if Trevor came out and he said, hey, you know what? I want off scholarship. Uh, I'll pay for it myself. Allow me to get my own endorsements. I'll get on my own meal plan. I'll, I won't cost the university anything. I'll get my own endorsements and watch how it goes. He will make more money than he's ever made as an amateur than making the $100,000 that it's costing him to pay for his schooling. And then if you're not, then you can just take the scholarship, right? So if you're like, yeah, you know. There you go, right there. Like, that's a, yeah, that's your trade-off. Like J.C. Chalk, their tight end. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There's yeah, your trade-off right there. Out. You can yeah, pick what you want. If you want to own your own name and likeness, then you pay for your own scholarship. If you don't want it, then you be on scholarship. But you only get that opportunity one time. Ooh, one and done. That's it. No, no, no. You only get that opportunity one time. So if that's you, what I'm saying. you go on scholarship, you say, hey, now I'm a big player. I don't want to do it anymore then you've already agreed to being on scholarship, so now we own your name and likeness. It's not like one year I'm on, one year I'm Whoa, off. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. What if, what if we did, once you became, you could still pull back, you would just have to pay back the scholarship you already took? Oh, that's even better. That's even better. Well, so, I just so figured you, you could get two years. Like, after your <laughs> sophomore year, you have to declare whether you want to stay on scholarship or you want to get off. That way okay. that if you ball out your freshman and sophomore year, you'll have one more year of you know you owning your own rights if you talking about going to the national football league or if you want to stay the other two years and just collect checks and just be that guy okay fair enough we just figured right. it out we just figured yeah, it out for we everybody just, hey, out we got there the solution to college football we got it <laughs> the mailroom connects you with the best of the athletics nfl writers every week amy parlapiano is joined by an exclusive guest to answer nfl questions directly from you the subscriber in this brand new podcast be sure to subscribe for every episode of the mailroom at theathletic.com slash the mailroom on the athletic podcast network
And check out my show, The Throwback. Chris Meany, former big leaguer Brad Ziegler, and I, Jake Seeley, talk fantasy football strategy throughout the year as we have no rivals in accuracy or entertaining our fans. New episodes arrive Mondays and Wednesdays. And for 40% off a subscription, subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash the throwback. That's theathletic.com slash name of the show, The Throwback. All right, so as we get into this next one, uh, let's talk about speaking of things we had to declare. <laughs> Both are Super Bowl. We, may, we might want to stop, stop declaring Super Bowl teams because we're apparently a curse. You declare the Jaguars, they lose Nick Foles. I declare the Saints, they lose Drew Brees. I joked with you over the text, and I said, well, at least I know my quarterback is coming back. But we lost <laughs> yeah. Drew Brees for about six weeks. That's the speculation of how long. Their bye yes. week actually lines up pretty much with that. But again, that's obviously we're assuming best case. He's actually going for another examination. But all that being said, Roethlisberger is completely done for the year. So yeah. I assume the easy answer on whose injury affects his team more is Roethlisberger, right? No. Really? No. No. I, it's you don't have any faith in Teddy? I, dude, I'm, <laughs> do you have any faith in Teddy? Did you not see Teddy after Drew Brees went down? I actually Teddy looked think... like a damn deer in the headlights. I was like, come on, Teddy, man, you better than that. I, I remember so, watching you with the Vikings, man, and you were slinging the ball all over. It's like he's careful. He doesn't want to make a mistake. Do what it is that make you Teddy and make those throws. You got to make those calculated risks, man. If you want to, if you're going to take those big risks, big rewards. You take those small risks, small rewards. You're going to stay, you're going to get off the field on third down every time because the defense is going to stop you. It's those risk takers that move the ball. I understand Ben Roethlisberger is huge as it relates to the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. But what people don't understand is that I have a lot of faith in that offensive line over there and they block guys and they block guys for a very long time. I think uh, Rudolph is going to have a good time. I think Mason's going to do a really good job as their quarterback. And if he doesn't, then, you know, bye-bye Mike Tomlin. Okay, so then what are you doing as the player in the locker room when you have somebody of this caliber? I mean, we're talking about two probable Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Like, what's going on in the locker room? Are you – So. I just just tell us tell us what's happening this, this is the, this is the hardest part about having your star quarterback go down whether it's uh, a lesser star in Eli Manning being benched whether it's Ben Roethlisberger being hurt whether it's Drew Brees having you know thumb surgery this is what's hard about being a player in that locker room whether you're a receiver whether you're a running back whether you're an offensive lineman, if you guys don't hear anything that I say, this is the hardest part about them guys going down. You lose that ability to make mistakes in a football game. You have to make every catch. You got to make every block because you never know if that's going to be the block that spring you for a touchdown. You no longer have that comfort zone of, oh, I'll get it next time because that next time may not happen because that player that you have at quarterback may not be – good enough or great enough to overcome that like the dropsies for instance in the Pittsburgh Steelers game and uh Moncrief Moncrief is getting a lot of hell because they're 0 2 and he's dropping the ball had he not been 0 2 and 2 and 0 and he's dropped the ball it's just been a case of him being nervous or scared well you don't get that that ability anymore so you have to make every play so with that being said receivers no matter how the ball hits you in your hands you got to catch the ball Running backs, you got to run, you got to keep hold on to the football, you got to not make mistakes. So your 
your ability to make mistakes shrinks with a new quarterback or a quarterback that's not proven. And that's why it's so tough for players in the locker room. And that's why they say, hey, you know, I got you. We can win with this guy because they're not necessarily banking on the guy. They're banking on themselves to make a play for that guy. So if you this kind of ties back into what we were talking about earlier with Daniel Jones and these backup quarterbacks. If you have somebody like, let's say, there's two examples we can say here. Mason Rudolph played with James Washington for their entire college football careers when James Washington put up those enormous numbers. You have Bridgewater coming in, who Bridgewater played a lot more in practice with the you know Keith Kirkwoods of the world and stuff like that. Does that rapport of people you've played with take over for what you're talking about for like when that quarterback steps in, it's like, Hey, I know where this guy is going to be and I can trust him over a Dante Moncrief or over a Traquan Smith. No, I'm telling you right now, when quarterbacks drop back in the football game and launch the ball to a receiver, they don't even know who they throwing it to. They, from a number perspective, like is that number 11? Is that 17? Is that 12? Because the good quarterbacks, don't care about numbers and who they're throwing it to. It's about offensive system and where I need to go with the ball based on what the defense gives me. And Even with somebody like Rudolph you, who's played a ton with Washington? No, that doesn't matter at all because Washington isn't the best receiver over there. So you're going to throw it to Washington more than you throw it to Juju? No, throw it more to him than he throw it to Moncrief who can't catch anything right now. Yeah, well, I mean, we're going to see. We're going to all figure it out <laughs> next week. <laughs> we're gonna, and, and it's all predicated on James Conner injury. So there's a lot of things to, to get through as it relates to these quarterbacks going down. And the reason why I say that Drew Brees is a bigger uh, injury for his team than the Pittsburgh Steelers because neither one of us picked the Steelers to go to the Super Bowl, but we both picked the New Orleans Saints. Oh, so you just want my pick to be wrong. No, I, I don't. I, I picked them to go too. I, I'm not saying that. I, I'm, I'm saying that there's more pressure in terms of New Orleans getting back to where they were last year than it is for the Pittsburgh gotcha. Steelers. Like the hype is bigger. It's more. So that injury is more because in the NFC South, uh, New Orleans hands down was the best team with Drew so who's Brees. Who's winning the division now? now? Well, oh, dude, I'm gonna tell you something. <laughs> I was looking at the quarterbacks. So they got three quarterback issues and one that's playing okay. Matt Ryan is playing okay. Uh, I don't know who the hell the quarterback is in Tampa Bay, and I don't know I mean, who Cam Winston has become now. in Carolina. I mean, it's going to be Winston for the rest of the year because they're not turning to Blaine Gabbert. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. Like you, and, and even like Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, uh, Teddy Bridgewater, and Matt Ryan, those are your four starting quarterbacks next week as it relates to football games. Out of those four, I'm going with Matt Ryan because Julio Jones just flat out turned into an animal that we always knew he was. We've woke the sleeping, the sleeping beast. So I, right now in the next six weeks, because that's how long it's going to take Drew Brees to get back, I'm rolling with the Atlanta Falcons on winning that division. I don't think New Orleans will have enough when Drew Brees come back to upseat them because they're playing really good football right now. I, I just wish that Cam get – his stuff together over in Carolina. I also hope that Jameis Winston can, I don't even Do know. Do anything? He's, he hadn't, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He hadn't did anything since he's been in the NFL. I mean, I just hope he get over the crab leg incident that he had in college. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I don't know. But I just know that ever since Hold he's on. been in the league, he's just been uh, <laughs> licking his fingers talking about we're going to get this dub and hadn't got one since.
If you hear my voice here, that means we've reached the end of our ride. But there's good news. You can listen to more of the show and get 40% off by subscribing to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash to be honest. That's theathletic.com slash to be honest. You'll be able to hear the full show and D'Angelo's most honest takes of the episode. Okay, now you know. Tune in next week and we'll talk soon.